Hello, my fabulous listeners. Welcome back to Shut Up Chanel, the podcast where we dive in to my LGBTQIA plus journey celebrating the queens who have woven their magic into my life. Today, get ready for a wild and unforgettable episode. The sensational Jessica Wilde is here in the house. I'm so excited to see her. Jessica isn't just a drag queen, she's a Puerto Rican force of nature, a professional makeup artist, a reality TV sensation from both season two and All Stars 8 of RuPaul's Drag Race. So buckle up, hit that subscribe button, and join me, Chanel Perillo, for an unfiltered, fabulous episode with Jessica Wilde. So a little story time. If you've made it this far in my podcast then I'm just like, I, I couldn't be more grateful because there have been so many times in the past year that this voice in my head has told me that no one gives a fuck and that you should stop doing it and go back to casting, which I'm still, I'm still casting. I start a new job tomorrow for a show. Hopefully I could talk about later in the pod and things are like finally picking up for me, but I kind of wanted to like, I don't know if this should be like an advice section or a shut up Chanel story time section before each episode, but my piece of advice that I wish someone told me when I was younger, my piece of advice for this week is to like talk to your intrusive thoughts. They're like, they're a toddler that you're babysitting. And I've been doing that a lot lately. Like the second this like inner critic comes in my head and is like, you're not good enough. Like no one cares about your podcast no one care like your friends are busy they don't want to talk to you i just i've been trying to talk to her like she's a little girl so i'll be like chanel no we're not doing that and i've been pushing this voice out of my head for the last few weeks and this is like the first week that i feel like my life's in control and we're at the very end of january so i've really just been going into this year being like no one gets to decide when my January 1st is. Like, we put so much of this emphasis on New Year, New Me, like, New Year's Eve. So on January 1st every year, we should all be better people and have our year figured out and have filled out our planner. But, like, that's not the case for everyone. And my year starts on February 1st, I've decided. So I'm already ahead of schedule because I've recorded four podcast episodes got a job and yeah we're well into february and by the time this comes out it might even be march but my advice to you listening is that you're not on anyone else's time in life but your own and to silence those inner critics in your head by talking to them like they're little toddlers so that's my advice for this week let me know if that was helpful at all. I'm trying to get more comfortable, like, just talking to the listeners and not such an emphasis on, like, the pressure of me getting you the right queen. Because, like, that's something in my head. I'll be like, I have to get them the best queens because they're not going to want to, you know, they, they don't care just about my life. Um, but I'm starting to realize, like, maybe someone does. And so maybe I will start to tell more of my story and not just my guest backstories. So there might be like a mini solo episode coming soon, but I'm really excited for today's episode with Jessica Wild. She just texted me, so let's see if she's ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Jessica Wild. Motherfucking stage. Oh my god. You know the, the stage is is my favorite place to be and and better if it's your stage, Chanel. <laughs> so okay, this has been like in the making because I've been I've been begging you to do this for, for hey, let me tell you to, to to clarify to all the audience. I want to do this so perfectly. And you know, I've been on the road. I, I just came from Australia and I was like, I want to give you like a peaceful time. Just do that home with a cute light on me and on silence, you know, in a peaceful place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I know. A couple of queens have like been like, oh, I could do it like in the hotel room on the road. And I'm like, this is, that's never going to happen. It's never. Yeah, sometimes you think you can do it like that. Like, mm, no. No, because you get like one hour to yourself. And the last thing you want to fucking do is talk to me and reminisce and fucking. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even want to see myself on the meter when I'm traveling. <laughs> No, but also because it's difficult, yeah, like when you try, even when people ask me, oh, can you do a video for me? Are you on Cameo? And I'm like, I'm really bad. I'm always late. I'm always in a rush. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, Jessica Wilde is <laughs> crazy. <laughs> I... <laughs> well, I like to start off every episode with how we met and like our connection. So I kind of want like from your perspective, like how did how did you meet me? Well, I remember you were on the on the reunion episode of RuPaul's Drag Race season two. You were this little shy girl taking care of us, being always. You're being always a beautiful soul. You're being always a beautiful person, a beautiful girl, humble. No matter that, you know, now you you change. Like, we all have an evolution. You look so different. Like from, you look so different. <laughs> Jessica's <laughs> referring to my tits. <laughs> yeah. Yes, your coconuts are getting bigger. But, but you you have the same heart and you, we we've been friends since since that day and I think I'm always the same to you. You're always the same to me. You're always protecting us. Uh, the love that you have for all of us and for the art of drag, you know, I appreciate and I I love you so much. <gasps> Oh, I love you so much. I literally, so I have like this memory because that's what's crazy is like season two was like one, like the really like the start of the of the monster. You know what I mean? Like the season yeah. two reunion, like and to be there on that, that like a, a historical day. Like, I mean, that was like a historical reunion. It was the first like real reunion they had. And I had just gotten a job on Drag U and they had asked me to just like help out with the season two reunion. 
So, and like, so I didn't know Drag Race. I only knew like Drag You. And then I got like put on the season two reunion. And that was like such a serious, like impactful reunion. Like it was like a crash course in Drag Race for me. And, I, and, I, and, and not because I'm from season two, but, but you know that cast, it was and still iconic. And the beef, it was real. The love, it was real. The mm-hmm. sisterhood, it's real. So it was a lot of emotions uh, to, to release that day of the reunion after, you know, after being on season two. And it, it was it was a crazy season. It was full of emotions and yeah, the reunion, it was it was the reunion. <laughs> well, and I was so used to like I was taking care of Queens like like Morgan McMichaels and Raven and like all these like very like strong personality queens who like loved giving me tough love and like but you like that day, like I remember I was so stressed and I'll never forget you were like, Mommy, you look like you need a hug. <laughs> <laughs> and you know I'm a hugger. <laughs> you are, and I was like, I do need a hug, and we like hugged, and I was like, Oh my god, wait! So like, all drag queens aren't bitchy. Like some of them are nice. Yeah, I, I think that made you realize that. Even even the strongers like Raven and Morgan, they have their lovely side. Mm, no, no, for sure. No, they are like have the biggest hearts ever. But I was just so used but, to this. But, like, but my heart is bigger. Your heart is way bigger. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, season two was so long ago. Like how? Like who? How is Jessica Wilde different today than she was back then as a drag queen and as a person? Well, like, well, what, what, what I miss from that Jessica Wilde, it, it was the innocence. I think that innocence helped me to go through all the craziness that it was around me. These days I have more confidence. I'm, I'm wiser. I'm more happy in my own skin. Um, I'm prouder of who I am. I'm not as scared anymore, even about language barriers or, or anything, you know, I'm just living my life. I think aesthetically, what's the word? Aesthetically, aesthetically. That was very good. That was very good. Uh, yeah, I change. I, I look different. I don't have any more Forever 21 dresses. <laughs> but I feel... I miss <laughs> when everyone was poor. Like the... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, we're still, we're still poor, but more crafty. <laughs> uh, I, think, yeah, I think now you have more options like, to develop your drag. And, mm-hmm. and, but it's beautiful every time I see my old pictures and we, we're still growing. I'm still growing. And my, my drag is more about make people have a good time and always being like that way. So I think I'm feeling more complete as an artist and as a human being. I've been through a lot of situations, losing people around me that, that was important to me and still in my life, my heart and I think that's why I was ready for All Stars. All Stars A came on the right time for me as an artist and as a person. Yeah, how long was the gap? Because that's like, I remember seeing the announcement that you were going to be on All Stars and just being so happy for you because I knew how long of a gap 
it had been for you. And that was like the hard thing about knowing the early season girls and then watching the show become this huge, you know, this huge show. And then, you know, finally like getting all the spinoff shows and that was so exciting. But yeah, like it, how long had it been for you? It was like 13 years. It was 13 years because you remember, I count the day that I record the show. And then the day that we shoot, it was in 2009. The show came in February 2010. But, you know, it was like close to 13, 14 years that I did season two. It's, it's a long time. And that is, that's long. That's more than a generation. Yeah. So that's what I mean. It's like there is like. That was what was so cool about you getting to go on was like, I was like, you're going to have a 10 years of children that like didn't get to like see who Jessica Wilde was, like get yeah. reintroduced to you. And those who were uh, uh, children those years, they, now they are, they grown and they come to me like, I used to see you on season two in my room. And I'm like, wow, the, I have those uh, stories. With example, watching Madonna tutor there in, in my room, that I'm trying my fa my family to not see me watching that. I didn't realize that I was inspiring a new generation those years. You know, that now they come to me. I used to watch you uh, when I was alone in my room. I have the chills. I do. I. Because those we were Drag Race started before the brink of like before the brink of Instagram, and so there's like the whole generation of kids that grew up with Instagram, and so yeah, they've like they've watched us all on Instagram for the last decade, and then to get to see you on TV, that must have been freaking amazing. Yeah, and what I love is that no matter what. Being part of the first seasons always give you kind of like this status that you are part of the original season. <laughs> and I think people have uh, extra respect and extra love for those seasons that no matter how many franchises we have right now, even even those girls, and I and I have that experience um, a few weeks ago that I was at Dragon UK, these amazing queens from other franchises came to me. Oh my God, Jessica. <laughs> Well, when I fell in love with you, oh my God, you know, your season, and I feel special. I feel honored of being part of season two because this phenomenon that Drag Race is mm -hmm. right now, I can say that I'm part of this since the beginning. Yeah, like, it's like, yeah, you're one of the OGs. <laughs> An original bitch. Ah, yeah. <laughs> Before I go back in time a little, what was the best part of going back to Drag Race season eight? All Stars Eight. All Stars Eight. Like, what was the best part of it? And because I feel like a lot, I I am not good. Like, I'm not a good Drag Race fan anymore. I'm just like, it's like, I I think I overconsumed my amount of drag of. of drag. <laughs> 
And I'm sure I'll go back and I'll have like another like, you know, like where I but I but in the beginning it was like that's all my life was. I woke up in the morning and thought about drag. I went to drag shows that night. I like going to sleep thinking about drag. And it was like that for a good twelve years. So like I have taken a little bit of a TV drag race break, but I do know that a lot of people felt like you got robbed, all stars eight. So like Fill me in on your All-Stars 8 experience. Like, what were you, like, most proud of? And, like, what was your overall experience? Well, I'm, I'm proud of myself on, on everything. But to, to be able to express myself, it was, it was an, another different experience for me. Because season two, my English was kind of like zero. Like, like mm-hmm. it was for me to express myself, to have a conversation, to understand the girls, and also yeah, yeah. Like, let me bring that up because that's like a full like that is that was like a thing. Because I remember what, even in the casting process, like we would find like you. First of all, you were one of the first Latin queens that I had ever met. So like you were like my introduction to Latin drag. And so like I remember that, you know, night probably after meeting you, like going home and like researching Latin queens because this was like a whole new subculture within the subculture that like I had found yeah, out even, about. Even Chanel, those years that that you have kind of to recommend your sisters for the other seasons because, you know, all of you were a little lost of what what is happening in Puerto Rico. What drags we can, you mm-hmm. know, get auditions. You know, you remember? So like, oh, I do remember. And like, and Puerto Rico's in the United States, so it was like that was always a territory that we could hit, and we would find the most beautiful queens. Like would make the U.S. girls, like, give them a run for their money. But, like, the English would be so bad. And I would, like, I remember, yeah. like, calling queens, like, praying they could, like, talk to me, like, a little bit on the phone. And, yeah. like, Yara Sophia. I I don't know. Maybe you were the one that told me about Yara Sophia. I think you were. Yeah. And I remember being, like, her English will work. Like, it's good enough. But I remember oh, yeah. on set how hard it was for her to understand the challenges because like she could understand basics and like communicate enough in her interviews but when it came time to like telling you about the challenges or like little things like that or like a joke that got told in the workroom you were a little lost in translation a lot yeah and actually uh like season three was jaren alexis alexis english it was better than all of us. Yeah, it was. <laughs> and Alexis, she knew she knew how to defend herself in English so well. <laughs> yeah. and, but to me, you know, uh, it was very difficult, very very difficult. And All Star A, I was like, it is what it is. Um, this is my English. It's not perfect, but it's better than it was on season two. It's enough for me to express myself and to understand the challenges. And it's a different time. I had a lot of Latinos there. That's what I mean. The show has evolved so much in a beautiful way. Yeah, we, we have, like, I had uh, people, part of the pro- production, there uh, asking me, do you need translation? Do I you love need- that. So I didn't have that on season two. I just had Juju be trying. <laughs> Her leader is Spanish. She was like, puta. Uh, you know, she was just crying. Juju is the people's queen. <laughs> oh, yeah, she is. 
<laughs> I fucking love her. Right. Uh, you know, I, I have a lot of friends from Mexico. They teach me Spanish, and she knew a little bit. I love that so much that Juju got you through season two. Oh my god! Well, I want to take it back because, like, I don't know. I don't know, like, any of your backstory or anything, like, before Drag Race. Like, I want to know, like, where'd you grow up? What kind of family did you have growing up? Uh, I grew up in Cagua, Puerto Rico. Is is like, like the mountains. At my house, it was in the middle of the mountains with my parents. I have a brother and a sister. I grew up with them. I'm the baby of the family. So my my brother and sister... They were like nine years or and, and seven years apart of me. So at some point they were teenagers and I was just by myself. Mm-hmm. I use my imagination a lot to entertain myself. I, mm-hmm. And my mother used to work all day and my auntie was my nanny. And my auntie, Julia, it was very creative and she was all the time giving me stuff for me. And she was like, oh, this kid know how to create. So I think that's my first way to develop um, an artistic side. Mm-hmm. Then, then when, when you I, say creative, what do you mean? Like, were you making pictures? Painting. I was doing a lot of uh, art, craft, art craft. Mm-hmm. Arts and crafts, yeah. Yeah, so I was all the time creating and and doing puppets and and anything that I could entertain people. I love that. And then how did Jessica kind of come into the picture? Well, after all that, I started taking dance classes and I used to dance on a TV show. I started going out to the clubs when I was like 17 because in Puerto Rico you can go out or... or... (laughs) I used to dance club uh, but then I thought the, the drag show and my first drag queen like performing it was Nina Flowers. So when I saw Nina, I was like, wow, this is amazing. This is an amazing art because I used to see people on TV, but it was more comedians, like straight boys doing um a a, a comedy. Mm-hmm. But this drag performing in a club in press and I was like wow this is something amazing and I started dancing for Nina and other drag queens and mm-hmm. one day Jessica Wilde came out and I became Jessica Wilde I think in 1999 I was like Jessica Wilde Puerto Rico so okay so the dance so when how old so you started dancing like in school like when you were in school yeah i started i was like when when i got the permission because i was scared like to tell my mom i want to be a dancer i was like 16 and my mom it was all right so i started uh dancing in talent shows at the school i went to an art school so Everything started there. I think that's why when I started doing drag, I was ready for the stage, not ready for drag because, you know, drag is another story. I had to learn how to be uh, a drag queen because sometimes people think it's just makeup and that's all, but you know, it's a lot behind uh, how you look. And I think, I think a lot of people forget that today. Yeah. 
<laughs> I think that's like with everything. I think that's with with like with womanhood. It's like you can have all the outside, but if you don't have the confidence to yeah. boot, then and you know. As an art- and as an artist, I remember something that that I like that Mariah Valenciaga said: like drag is for everybody, but not the stage. You know, because you need to. You need to be trained for what is a show. And, and I think drag queens sometimes right now, they start, this is my first week, like as a performer. And doesn't mean that in the future, they can be amazing just because maybe on the first shows, it was a mess. In my case, because as a dancer, I went through a lot of shit when I started doing that. It was a little easier, but sometimes people, they do drag and they go to a stage like right after they start doing drag. So a lot of things can happen. But So do you think it's important? Like what, what would be your advice for like a drag queen that has like, you know, has started to figure out their aesthetics, but what can they do to like, to learn to be a, a queen? That isn't me, that that can't be like learned on YouTube. No, to to me first is like give you give yourself the opportunity to have experience. Example, um, don't think that you that you're gonna start drag today and let's go on drag race. It's like ask ask your bars around like to go out and to have an opportunity. Go to a competition. Like give your drag an opportunity to grow to understand. Your drag, because sometimes even drag queens uh, can be inspiring and other drag queens, and they they sometimes become that person. Mm-hmm. Just give your time yourself time. Some drag queens come to me like, "Oh, um, I love how I look, but I'm scared of the stage." It's like, but you need to ask for an opportunity because if not, you never know. Or, oh, I'm doing drag in my room. Fine, look great, but now try to go to the club to see how you feel being in drag outside. You know, I think it's like baby steps. I start doing drag in my friends' parties, Halloween shows. Mm-hmm. So when I did my first drag show in front of our audience, I was kind of prepared for that impact. Exactly. Like, I look at it like like even like... like- stand-up comics it's like sometimes it takes them like saying a joke five different times on six different stages to like get it right i feel like until you like trial and error and get on a stage and like like it can only get better as long as you like keep trying that's what i'm trying to tell myself with this podcast like i was like trying to overthink it right away like my mindset was like okay like first episode I need to be in a studio with like the best lighting and the perfect microphone and I want my hair and makeup done and it's like no 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 like I need to start at the bottom like at the ground I need to start like however I could figure out how to do it not overthink about like what I look like and like just get going on like getting comfortable and then like those things will come later as long as I like keep working at it I feel like that's like good advice for queens too because I do think like and it's not even, it's not the show's fault, it's not anything, it's just the way drag has evolved now, is that, like, people think, like, unless they're on RuPaul's Drag Race, yeah. they're not a drag queen, and, like, that's not, 
that's not it. And yeah. a lot of times people think because they get no from Drag Race that they're not good enough and they should just quit. And it's like, no, like, you need to bake. Like, you need to bake yeah, and, in the oven. <laughs> and drag queens have a lot of pressure these years because even, even when I see old pictures of me or, or my sister who start the same decade as me, the same year, we were just uh, focused on what number I'm going to do. Uh, I'm going to get three tickets tonight. <laughs> you know, it was like... What go-go dancers are going to be uh, there? <laughs> how expensive you look. Like Now these girls sometimes, they even want, but if you don't look the way that people are expecting, these girls feel that they are less. And it's like, no, because... Maybe you have an amazing personality and a, an amazing talent. Give your opportunity to grow. Because your drag could always get better. Like the, the, the star quality, the like being comfortable on a stage and like the way you perform, that is what you need to like work on because the outside you could always fix. Yeah, it, it was like, like, like hiding closet that she have all these bad critiques by even, um, oh my the, God. Michelle? <laughs> I I can Nicki Minaj, Nicki Minaj. Nicki Minaj, Nicki Minaj. I was about to say Cardi B. Oh, oh, better you than me. <laughs> uh, so and 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 now that I was doing the Christmas tour with with Heidi, Heidi is one of those girls that she can finish her makeup like very fast, and she look flawless, like and, and even faster than other queens. But she always had that star quality and that personality and the talent, it was always there. So she showed that that you can improve, like the outside, like you said. We mm -hmm. all Yeah, well, that's star Heidi is a star. Heidi yeah. is a star. And at the end your drag is your drag. I just learned that like I like 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 in my season, like Pandora, Jessica, Raven, the three of us, we are completely different. This we all do I think that's a part of growing up too is realizing like you're not in competition with other people like there's no one else that's you like there's no one else that's you and it's so hard to tell yourself that because we do we come in we're from like this Instagram world where every everything's about trends and and all of that but it's like there's no other you so just be like the best version of you because yeah, like you're never I, gonna be someone else, so you might as well just work on yourself. <laughs> and, and I'm a boy, you know. David is my priority. Jessica is my work, but we all different. In my case, if you see me, oh my god, you look like a man. Yes, I'm a man. <laughs> I, I'm just doing this to entertain. Maybe other girls they wanna look more feminine, and they. Mm -hmm features or whatever we all different and we all looking for something different and in my case this is me there's other girls that maybe paint better than me dance better than me sing better than me but i'm jessica wilde <laughs> and no one can be jessica wilde i'm jessica wilde and no, no one can ask me that question if if i was like RuPaul, he was asking me, like, if I was concerned when I when I got the call. And I said, like, yes, because I was a little scared because first the new generation of drag is fierce. And 
you want to look amazing, you want to be perfect, but then you realize, like, wait a minute, I'm Jessica Wilde, and that's enough. I'm This is who I am, and I'm going to... I brought to the competition who I am. That's all. If you send me home for being who I am, send me home. But... Like Madonna and Beyonce, they both completely different, but they both amazing. And Madonna is a legend and Beyonce too. Like, mm-hmm. that, I just realized I'm just gonna be myself. I'm gonna have a good time here on All Stars. It's a lot of pressure, but I'm not gonna let, I'm not gonna let my, my, my scare, because I was a little scared sometimes. I'm not gonna let that put me down. I'm just going to go through mm-hmm. and I'm going to fight with my own demons. I like feel like people are probably surprised to find out that like you still get scared. I think it's something that every artist is going to feel, especially this year um, that social media is so big that any simple detail can destroy you sometime. Uh, whatever comes out of your mouth or or something that you do in a innocent way can be changed dramatic in a dramatic way your life you know, it's a lot of stuff and people like to judge a lot and sometimes you you are concerned a little bit about that mm-hmm. i think it's normal being mm-hmm. in front of a tv that if, like i just came from australia and all that people it was screaming and crazy for jessica while and i'm that little boy from the mountains of Kawas, you know, I'm doing something that people is watching. So it's a scary. <laughs> um, I did. You, was that your first Australia tour? Yeah. It's, it's so did you end up doing like fluffy and all the in the dark kind of stuff? Yeah, oh I God. love in the dark. I love Steven. Shout out Steven if you ever listen to this podcast. Steven, we love you. We love you. I have it. I went to Australia once with DWV and I had the best time with Steven and those boys. And then I went with Manila before too. And we did Fluffy with um Harry at Fluffy. He's still there because I still see him post about it. Harry's the best. That's so amazing for you. Yeah, and, and you see uh I'm I'm from season two, and maybe at some point, people thought like I was forgotten, whatever. But I've been working all the time. But also, so, some of the new girls they were having opportunities that I was like, wow, I've been working so hard these years, and now I don't get a call from Australia. Or I don't, but I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna keep working my ass off. Mm-hmm. And li- living my my life, mm-hmm. following my dreams, whatever is meant to happen to you is gonna happen mm-hmm. on the right time. And now look at me; I'm feeling like a season sixteen girl. I'm like a, <laughs> I'm like traveling weekly, working in a lot of stuff, doing what other new girls were doing, like tours, like mm-hmm. is. How do you say um, when when you like a grand prize for me, like like God of the universe gave me this is for you for being always good and focused and mm-hmm. not putting anybody down to get to your to your goals. 
Yeah. And also like it is, it's like, and not being bitter. Like, I think it's so easy. It's easy to go into when you see other things happening for other people, it's so easy to be jealous and be bitter, but like, it doesn't get you anywhere. Like that doesn't get you anywhere, but like not probably bad karma, you know, but if you stay focused on like on the path and keep, I don't know. It's like really is like a, like a tale of like, don't give up. You know, some some girls, some girls, they really feel like, oh, look what these girls are doing and I'm not doing that. And it's depressing. But then you need to see other girls that want to be doing what you are doing. So there's always somebody that is going to be I want to do what you are doing. So I'm grateful for what I had. I'm grateful for what I have now after All Stars. But I think the puzzle is complete right now. You know, it was missing a little pieces and now I feel boom, but took me years to build my puzzle. Mm -hmm. No, Raja said, said it to me before. She's like, if you told me 15 years ago that I'd still be getting to do drag, like well into my forties and like get the second opportunity that like she got, she's like, I would have never believed you like ever. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. so like, it really, uh, it's really good. What about your family? Like, how do they feel about all of this? My family has been always my biggest supporters. Even because you said, you, you said when you were little, you were afraid about telling your mom about dance. Was that like you're coming out to her? Was Jessica you're coming out to her? Yeah, because my mother was like the macho of the house. <laughs> he was like that. What, what happened here? You know, my father, he was shield. My mom is very strong. And I was just scared to hurt her. I was just, you know, scared. I'm, I'm from this Latino family that I thought I was the only gay in the world. And back in the 80s, it, it was harder. I didn't have examples like right now that you can have Ricky Martin or, you know, on every TV show, you see a gay couple or a gay character or something. Those years, I thought I was the only one in the world and I need to be quiet. I need to hold my feelings. And I was scared to hurt the person that I most love in my life. That is my mother. So when I came out, up to my mother is because I, I, I was having like a panic attacks and a really horrible nurse breakdown and I thought that telling her that I was gay I was gonna feel better so I came out to her nicely peacefully me and her alone and she took it in a nice way then it was like a learning process when I came out as Jessica it was easier for her. She was like, I, I, I knew already. I see your, I see dresses and wigs and shit in your room. I'm not a stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they are my biggest supporters. And, and it was very special that all stars, they did like a surprise video when, when we were the top four, they surprised us with family videos. Mm -hmm. They let mine the last one, and I was like, oh my God, who's gonna be? Because my mom hates like recording. Like attention, attention. Yeah. She's like, and when I saw her, just to see her and my father, I, I start crying, 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 crying. 
because I realized like you you did it. Your parents are here giving you their blessing. You are top four all-stars. You did it. It was it was like my crown at that moment. Oh <laughs> I love yeah. that so much. Did you, you know family, you know, family is is the most important thing that, that we have. Like you can live anywhere, you can find a new boyfriend, friend, but your family is irreplaceable. Is you know it is, it is irreplaceable, and we take them for granted. Like we we you do, you take your family for granted because like you know, we are a part of this community where like we do, you know, we have chosen family. But if like you're lucky enough to have like a family that does like support you, it's like you can't forget about them because they're nothing's nothing's forever, you know? Yeah. And, and like those moments, like thank God, like that's so amazing that your dad and mom got to. Was that your did your dad like see you in drag before? Or was that his first time seeing you? Oh yeah, to to make you a short a long story short, before drag race. I used to do sometimes TV in Puerto Rico and or events. And I was gonna be on a TV show from actually promoting a concert that RuPaul had in Puerto Rico that local queens opened it for her. And I was one of those local queens. Uh, it means not that RuPaul knows even this or whatever. And uh, the promoter booked me for that. And the promoter said he chose three queens, uh, three queens to promote the concert on TV. And I went to this comedy show that my father used to watch. And I told my mother, mom, I'm going to be in drag on this show tonight. Please don't let my father watch the show. And my mom said, okay, fine. So then my mother called me the next day. Oh, I have something to tell you. Your father was watching the show with your cousin. And when the three of you came out, your cousin said, oh, my God. Look, I, are those men in dress as a woman? Oh, that one is cute. And it was me. And my father said, oh, that's your cousin. And my mom said, how you recognize him? And, and father said, it's my son. I'm going to recognize my son everywhere. So I, that day I came out as a drag queen to my father without even talking to him. <laughs> what did he say when you saw him? Nothing because my father, I think he always knew he don't care. He is, he's very chill. He just mm -hmm. asked me how was the show? How was this? I think, um, I think he always knew. I think for my mother, it was maybe more shocking mm -hmm. because she just told me, uh, I always knew you like dolls and you used to like to do girl stuff. Mm -hmm. But I never see you as as somebody that like boys that that like your same sex. You know, she yeah. just saw me as a feminine boy. Yeah, which is very progressive of her to know that that masculinity is a spectrum. Yeah, and, 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 and she told me that she took she took me to the psychologist as a kid. I don't remember that. Mm -hmm. And she told me that the psychologist told her. Because I was drawing a lot of females. I was all the time drawing Wonder Woman or, or females. Mm -hmm. And my and the, the psychologist told her, like, you need maybe to step away from him and let him be with his father more. And my mom said, like, 
but but it's my son. I'm going to push away my son to be... So she didn't give a fuck. Yeah, she's a but, Latina mom. Like, she's yeah. like, okay. <laughs> but I came like this in days one. <laughs> There's nothing to do. I, I think people... I mean, I feel like there's been a little bit of a step back with like always having... Because I know when I first started hanging out with you all, like there, I got so many questions from people where it was like they were always trying to like intertwine drag with sexuality and i they do that with trans people too you know what i mean it's like why do the two have to go hand in hand with one another you know what i mean because like one's an art form and one is who you choose to sleep with so it's like and that's where it, it gets different like where if you were living as a woman during the day you know what i mean and that still doesn't even have to do with sexuality so it yeah. really it's like people were always so confused and i would always be like it's individual like each person has their own story and like this queen does it as like an art form is all is a gay guy this you know this this performer is trans like she dates men like it's like it's it's an individual experience yeah that's why when i went to one of the in, one of the one in, interview that i had in puerto rico I was with straight comedians doing the, the, and they were dressed as a woman in their own character. And I told the interviewer, like, the difference between them and me is my, my character is more feminine. It's not a joke. And, and for them, it's more scary, you know, because you look like, like a girl. And, and for them, it, but I'm like, but I'm doing the same. I'm entertaining. I'm making people have a good time. Mm -hmm. It's the same. And I'm, I'm, I'm a man, uh, in this character that I create and, and all very different. But yes, I'm gay. I have my admiration for females since, since I born, you mm -hmm. know, like Linda Carter, Madonna, Paula Abdul, all those influences. Well, Michael Jackson, he was kind of rapping too. <laughs> <laughs> so. But 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 I don't I remember following males. Yeah, in the acting world though, I, I who did I talk to about this? I I think it might have one of the last guests I talked to about it. It's like back in the day when you would go for auditions, they wanted you to look more masculine, but they didn't want you to look passing. You know what I mean? And that probably all stems from like deep rooted like male patriarchy shit because it's like they they wanted to like they wanted they didn't want anyone to question if you were in drag or not you know what i mean yeah uh yeah but i used to be in front of the tv and my attention it was all the time for the glamorous mm -hmm. and being an 80s baby it was more the females entertainers mm -hmm. That's why, example, share is more costumes and, and feathers and, but I'm more like a Madonna kid, you know, like mm -hmm. rebel, uh, a dancer, like Paula Abdul choreography, all, all that. It was in me. I used to love Barbies, Shira, all, uh, all the, the, the feminine stuff. Mm -hmm. It was what I was into it. And, my mother knew that my my family that's why i was under attack all the time as a kid and at school until i realized i need to become another person or i'm gonna get killed here 
because kids were terrible those years. Yeah, how did you make it through it? At some point, I really, I wasn't like super faking, but yeah, at home I was listening to Madonna and at school I was listening reggaeton, you know? Okay, yeah, no, I mean, that's like you were putting on an act so that you wouldn't get beat up. Yes, because I just realized, wait a minute, I'm all the time in trouble. I'm all the time being in attack. And as soon as I change that, I can go through. And sometimes I I look back and I'm like, wow, you know, anyway, thank God that I don't have the same mentality that I have now because maybe... I was going to be in jail as a teenager because, you know, now you want to defend yourself. Even even defending yourself, you can you can do something bad. Just just defending yourself from from being attacked. Mm -hmm. So I think it was better for me to avoid problems. And to just live my life and go through my imagination and my fantasies to go through the bad things. Then when I was like 16, the school that I went, the kids were more, a little more chill. Mm -hmm. And and I think it was my favorite school and my favorite um, teenager days because I, I had the opportunity to be with people that they were more relaxed. Maybe they knew... That, that I was gay or whatever, but they didn't see me as a gay. They just see me as David. That's all. And I think people care more about themselves in high school. Like, middle school is just the fucking worst. It's like everyone is mean and doesn't, like, it's just a really hard time. And I can't imagine, like, what it's like now. But, like, and hopefully it's better. But, yeah, I just remember middle school being a scary time. Yeah, it, it was, and and because when you are, have, you are, you know, and yeah, everyone else is too. <laughs> yeah, when you are hiding your sexuality, it's horrible because I I didn't have like like a boyfriend or or you know, if if you are a straight girl, you walk with your boyfriend, or at least you can express to your other friends, oh, I like that boy. I was all the time maybe saying, oh, I like that girl, but it wasn't true. So I was mm -hmm. all the time. I think that's why I have when when I was 18 I have that explosion that that nerves and panic attacks and all that because reading books and that's why I want to help other people too like to go through that because I learned that when you are holding feelings fears one day your nerve system can explode and you think that you are getting crazy but it's just that you need to give time to your nerves to go back to normal. And I was all the time in panic, 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 panic. I'm, I'm scared. And, and I was like, why? Why I don't feel love anymore? Why I don't feel nothing? I'm just scared. I don't want to wake up anymore. I'm, I, I'm scared. And then I went through all that. I started reading. I found a book that came from heaven. What's it called? The, the name it was, um, <clears throat> sorry, like Guide for Your Nerves. Okay. It, 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 it's from a psychologist. And, mm -hmm. and I was like, wow. Every time I, I talk about this situation, people don't understand, even in my house. But even the book is telling you that 
If- I mean, I get it. I def- I I literally would faint from panic attacks. Um, that was like the last time I fainted from a panic attack was like my rock bottom for my mental health. And I was like, okay, we're figuring this out. And it was the same thing as you. Like I had just numbed things my whole childhood and my adult life. And yeah. And then one day it just, you know what I mean? Like one little thing set me off and, and I full on blacked out from, from the panic attack. And I was like, I've got to start doing stuff to regulate myself. So now like I do a lot of things to help regulate my system. Like I meditate, which is like changed my whole life. Like anyone with anxiety or panic attacks, like 10 minutes in the morning has like, like I feel lighter and it took a year a year for me to notice like any real effects but like the, i i have to like ask my th- like i'll tell my therapist now like i'm like happy and it feels weird because i always felt like like i shouldn't be happy i always felt like there was something bad was about to happen like in flight or flight mode i think they call it but, but i think we, yeah. i think we learn we learn to recognize our bodies and one of one of my advices that is on every book is just let it go. Let 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 your let your mind say whatever she wanna say. Mm-hmm. Let your body feel whatever your body wanna feel, and you're gonna get through. Relax, and at some point, your nerves and and you are going to be like in mm-hmm. in the right place that you should be, mm-hmm. and everything's gonna be fine. But some people don't have that learning experience or a book or a psychology or whatever. Yeah. Or even know how to deal with their emotions at all. No, it's like a, it's like a labyrinth to go back to who you were. And sometimes I can go through and I just let my body do whatever you want, you know, because tomorrow I have stuff to do and you, and that monster is not going to control me again. That's why I, Love that I've been through so many stuff, and that what helped me survive all stars. Because you know, you get through a lot of emotions, and I'm like, you know what? I'm here to do my thing. One of the scariest moments to me it was the the roast, and I was ready to go to that microphone to tell RuPaul, "I'm so sorry, I cannot do this," because my heart it was about to explode, and I start feeling those feelings that I used to have with my panics. But the difference is that that day it was for a reason. And the reason it was the roast. In the past, it was just for waking up. I'm like, so your nerves are good. Go through this and you're going to be fine after. As soon as the spotlight hit on me, I grabbed that microphone. Hello, beautiful people. And I went through it. That's great advice because that's the thing is like, we don't want to be emotionless and never feel fear because fear is usually things we fear are what we should be doing. And so it's just, it's realizing when you should, when those feelings are normal. Yes. Yeah. I should be fearful right now. Like this is something scary, but I'm going to throw it. And what that, I mean, this is like great advice. And especially because it like, I think so many people deal with with anxiety um and like panic attacks so you dealt you dealt with panic attacks your whole life and like you just recently got them under control or like what was like the aha moment for you it happened 
when when I was supposed like to go to university and everything, and, and I was like 18, 17 to 18. Mm-hmm. All I I woke up with those feelings, and I'm like, what is happening to me? And I remember I even judged myself, like God, I I, I I'm not doing anything with boys. I'm not doing anything to to make you feel upset with me. You know, I was thinking like that because I'm, no, I'm yeah. blaming your, no, I, I'm Catholic, Catholic guilt. Like, yeah. And, and, <laughs> like, I, guess, yeah, like, and, I always think like, it must be something I did like to feel but, this way. <laughs> but I was lucky that I knew I didn't do anything because if not, I was going to blame it of, Oh, you are a sinner. So I remember I went back to sleep and I start thinking on beautiful things and I fell asleep woke up to go to the school and I, I opened the fridge and that memory came to me and I I I started being stuck in that feeling. A lot of things wow, happened. That's like the craziest is that you could pinpoint your first panic attack. Because the other day I was trying to do that. I've been rewatching the Sopranos and and he's in therapy in it and they trick like he goes back to like his first panic attack. And I was like, when was my first one? And I, I, I'm going to figure it out, but I can't remember my first panic attack. And so that's like huge yeah. that you remember your first. I, I even remember the first, first, first. Now that I study my life, the first, 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 I was very leader. And I start telling my mom, talking about that. Like, 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 what is that? Like, you think, so I'm going to leave this world. And I was a kid and I have a, a, a horrible one. But now that I just realized in reading that you can have them as a kid, but those, you don't understand what it is. And like I have like I used to like pretend I was sick and go to the nurse's office a lot. And I'm like, that was me like having social anxiety and like needing like, you know what I mean? I'm like, I wasn't just wanting to hang out in the nurse's office like that was like me like panicking. And I remember I would have like a fa like a stomach ache. And then my mom would be like, are you sure? And like, this would happen all the time. Or like some mornings I would be so stressed to go to school. Like I, I would just like be really anxious and not know why. And I would just, I would, I like had faking it sick down to like a science. And then I would be so excited because I would get to spend all day alone at home and I wouldn't have any stress from my schoolmates or anything. And now as an adult, I catch myself doing that. Like sometimes like if I'm feeling anxious, like I'll have like a sick day and stay home and watch like sex in the city all day. And I'm like, that's like that. It started when I was a little fucking girl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The thing is we, we all go through different ones. Mm -hmm. Some of them, you you can think that you are that you are getting crazy. They don't understand that your body is going through something serious because you are healthy. My mom took me to doctors, and I was healthy. Like they they didn't know what to do. Like now, now people talk more about mental health, but those Back years then they thought kids were just faking it. Like they like oh yeah. you're faking your stomach aches. It's like and no. I was, no, and I was telling my mom, I don't feel the same. I'm just scared of being scared. So I was in a circle that I learned is adrenaline fear, adrenaline fear. That's all I had. So to go out, take time. And you think that is fight with the with, with that. It's not. It's let your body understand that something is it's like when you broke, when you break a bone, nerves are the same. So when I was 18, I remember that happened when 
when I was healthy again, I realized that I came out of the closet to everybody. I was a man, no more baby mustache. I was a dancer. I was an artist. I became the person that I was supposed to be. But what happened 18 years after that, that attack came back and I thought like, now it's going to stay forever. Now this is, so it was harder for me to go through. And then I just realized that I was doing bad things again. I was being anxious, angry, holding feelings. And my nerves are not like a normal person nerves. I was all the time waiting for Santa Claus in a stress. Santa Claus is coming. I don't, I can't sleep in a week. Other kids, they sleep and they don't give a fuck. So I just learned. I'm a nervous person. Well, I'm a nervous, I'm nervous and highly sensitive. Like it's just, and we know that about ourselves. And so now like we could, we could take, like treat ourselves with more compassion. And understand others. And understand others. And now like sometimes I realize like if someone's yelling at me, they're just dealing with their own inner fucking panic attack that they're having. Or if someone's like crazy on the road, like I'm I'm really like my goal for this year is to not take things personally and realize that like everyone's just projecting onto one another, you know? And if yeah. and if I stay calm, like I don't like I hate like that phrase that's like I match every other people's energy. And it's like we shouldn't never live like that because it's like like, I want to be the calm one. Like, I used to blame other people. Like, oh, well, like, they were anxious or da-da-da. And it's like, no, like, I'm in control. I want to be in control of my own emotions. And, like, if someone's sad, like, I don't need to be sad, too. If someone's anxious, I don't need to be anxious, too. If someone's rushing me or putting their, projecting their own timeline of getting something done on me, like, that has nothing to do with me. Like, I, I it's like a lot of self-talk has helped yeah. me what has helped you the most with your anxiety and panic to understand first that it's not gonna it's not gonna change my life i'm gonna wake up i'm gonna be the same person i'm gonna be in the same place you know nothing wrong is happening just let your body go through this dark moment mm -hmm. Your nerves are delicate more than other people. That's all. You, you are living a beautiful life. Life is beautiful. Mm -hmm. and, and it's part of life. It's normal. We are humans. And if, if we read the story or whatever, you know, we always ready to attack. And, and sometimes those like animal feelings are there natural. So mm -hmm. sometimes you're going to be scared of something that you don't know. Maybe because we were ready to fight with a dinosaur years ago. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I know. I always try to like tell myself like, uh, you're not being attacked in the jungle right now. Like, <laughs> yeah, like calm down. Everything is fine. Let your body go through this and, and your body start mm -hmm. coming out. I play, I play music that I love. Uh, or I call somebody that I love or I turn the TV because when you are lost in the panties or anything, no TV, no people, nothing can help you. Yeah, it's true. That's why 
me that I'm one of those lucky that, that I had the opportunity to understand my body and to understand what is a panic attack, what is a, a nerve problem and, mm -hmm. and all that. that there's a, there's a, um, a word for that that I don't know right now, but <laughs> we, we're going to find out that for our future. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I'm like um, um, I know how to defend myself from from those feelings. That's what that's why when I went to to All Stars one day that it was a hard episode that everybody went through something. It was the, it was the episode that Kahana almost leave the competition. Okay, okay. They don't put everything on TV, but RuPaul they they put when RuPaul come on, girl, come on, come on, we need to talk and. She had us in a line and she went one by one reading us. Pam, pam, pam. When she came to me, she was like, Jessica Wilde, look at you. Look at that beautiful smile. You always happy. You don't give a fuck what is happening, right? And I was like, what is your secret? She told me. And I was like, well, I didn't came here to fight with my inner demons because I've been fighting with them for years. So they are here, very friendly. I didn't came here to understand my my little child because I had the opportunity to to apologize to my little David, like to talk to him and and you know and to be to see myself as a kid and and talk mm -hmm. to my kid, you know. Yeah, talk like, to your inner child. Like, you know, now you have all the Barbies that you used to want. You have everything. Everything is fine. Mm, uh, throw the chills again. So I went peace, I went in peace to All Stars. And and that's why I think I was. Work. You did the extra. work. Yeah, I did my assignment. I left the competition proud of myself. My sisters are proud of me. I think my fans are proud. But I've been through a lot to get to this place mentally. Mm -hmm. And I don't like I never knew this about you. And it's probably why, like, we were so nice to each other. It's like because huh. it's like, yeah, I think people with ang anxiousness find each other. But yeah, I don't think people would know that just looking at you and it like it's so vulnerable and so real. And it's like and it is a part of growing up because I think it's so easy to mask all of these things like we said when you're figuring out your career and you're in your 20s and everything is go 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 but when you like enter your mid 30s and stuff like you can't hide this shit anymore how i feel like we're similar in age we're similar yeah we're both 22 we're both 22 uh, years old so like we're just about to start figuring this out but um <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, I would have never fucking known. I got so many people that like texted me once All Stars 8 was going and was like, Jessica Wilde's a star. I know you've loved her forever. And I'm like, I tried to tell you, bitches. Um, but I feel like what was your like most viral video, most viral clip from All Stars 8? Was it the guacamole thing? Because I feel like a lot of people send me the guacamole video. Oh, actually, actually, I have I have the guacamole t-shirts. I need to give you one. Oh my god, please. The ETV car look, ETV Taco Tuesday. <laughs> Everywhere I go. Everywhere people say, Taco Actually, it's Taco Tuesday today. <laughs> uh, 
But yeah, like like that moment and the coconuts are one of the people's favorite. But yeah, I think the guacamole and I didn't expect that because it was it was an improv. And I remember they gave us this like what is the story about? But you had to create mm-hmm. your story. Mm-hmm. And it was like unsolved mysteries, kinda like that, you know, like mm-hmm. and I remember RuPaul asking me questions and I, and I create this bullshit that, that people really enjoy. They really fucking enjoyed. And I really enjoyed catching up with you for the last hour. It's really, I'm like smiling. I feel less alone. Like knowing that me and you both have conquered our panic attack. Yeah. Maybe not. And another thing is accepting that like, maybe I don't have them controlled and maybe I will have a panic attack this year and, but I will survive it and I will get through it. And I'm self aware yeah. and knowing it. I even now, like I, cause I would get di- like dizzy spells from anxiety. Yeah. And now but, but I when- know, I, now I know the second I'm feeling dizzy, I just sit on the ground and I breathe and it's going to go away. Yeah. When, when you don't, when you don't care about them anymore, when you see them like a, uh, like a tiger that is going to attack you and you just do it to the tiger, like, calm down, bitch. But you're still scared, but it's like, I, I know you. Then, then the, 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 the electricity, the shock is less powerful. So mm-hmm. I'm glad that you are one of those that can deal with that because other people don't have the strength to go through those and things can get worse. So we are lucky that we understand our body. I think it starts, like you said, by starting to talk to your younger self, that younger kid that the the first time you felt anxious, the first time you felt scared, you start like working. I started out like the earliest memory of myself I could have, like where I could visualize it and like made, I even talk to my teenage self sometimes because I'll tell the days that my teenage self is like coming out and I'll be like, no, Chanel. We don't need to drink and drive tonight. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> what in in, in it, this is, and I don't want to do this with like every guest, but because like we've talked so much about anxiety and our younger selves and where we've come, like what would you tell little baby Jessica today, knowing all that you know? Little baby Jessica or me since I was a baby. <laughs> you, you, yes, yes. I don't even know if people do people know your government name. Like what? Do people know your government name? Actually, not not well, not not the fans. The fans doesn't call me David. <laughs> I know, I know. I know. Well, but I can call baby Jessica, you know, when I'm start 18. That's what I was like. Ah, uh, I get yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want like your younger self. Like, what would you tell your younger self? knowing all that you know now today i will tell like you're gonna be proud of what you're gonna become you're gonna you're gonna make all your dreams come through Mm -hmm. you're gonna be surrounded by a lot of love and you're gonna feel that you are part of this world that not that you are like an alien alien or or something weird like mm-hmm. you're gonna feel powerful you're gonna feel that you are in on earth for a reason and you're gonna inspire a lot of people 
to 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 be like you to be themselves and mm -hmm. to follow their dreams and just to enjoy life mm -hmm. you know i uh every time i walk to old places like those schools and i see those schools i think on that little david and i'm like i talk to him like look look who you are right now you are lucky you are strong that you went through all that without doing stupid things because you can you can commit a lot of stupid st stuff when you feel that you are not part of the world oh i made lots of mistakes and i was a you very say, bad girl i can, was a bad not a stupid thing you mistake. can make mistakes. you make mistakes <laughs> no i mean i made all of them like every mistake you can make in your early 20s i think i made them i i checked off every bad thing that you could do and but but you know, she know knows, that i go back with compassion because she was just surviving she was doing the best that she could you know you, You know, sometimes people think that ending their life is the only way. And that's why I try to spread the love, to to tell about my stories, because sometimes people think that only cancer or the only way that you that, that destroy your life or no, people can be alive feeling dead, you know, feeling that they mm -hmm. are going to die. And sometimes they make decisions just because they've been been through a hard life and and some people come to me on the shows feeling like that telling me i i was about to kill myself yesterday and today you made me feel like the most beautiful woman in the world my my brother is a religious man and we had a conversation one day he was kind of telling me you know you are in the wrong places And I said, well, I'm in places that you never gonna be spreading the love and, and, and telling people to love their life and to live, you know? Yeah. I don't care in what you believe. I just think that we are here for a reason. And I think we all need to listen to somebody to help you to go through life. It happened that sometimes you're like, oh my God, this gorgeous person. Uh, it was all the time smiling, but maybe it was fighting with inner demons and didn't have the power that we have. So it's, that's it's, why. Yeah, it's easy to give a fake smile. Like a smile doesn't mean anything. I laugh through like saying traumatic things out loud. Like that doesn't mean I'm happy. You know what I mean? It just yes. means I'm like finding humor in it all. But yeah, talking it out finding out that like you're not alone that other people have these weird intrusive thoughts too and they're not weird and that they're they are normal and and find positive ways to you know to kind of get get out of your head whether it's art whether it's talking on a microphone like this to your friends like whatever whether it's the gym or walking in nature with children do it <laughs> yeah my drag i think is It is helping people, it's helping me, is giving me a beautiful life. It's hard. Sometimes I'm like, oh my God, I don't want to do this. I'm tired. And then you go to the stage and you see the people smiling and you're like, okay, I understand why I'm doing this. Exactly. And that's all things in life. You know what I mean? 
Oh, I loved catching up with you. I mean, you helped shape me. You were at introduced me to Latin drag and were one of like my very first sisters at the very start of my my baby little career. So and I see I be you know, I um um weakness? No. Yeah, you've witnessed. Weakness of your evolution? Mm-hmm. You have witness. witness. That's what yeah. I'm witness of your evolution and I'm proud of yourself. This brand new Chanel. But we still have that baby heart that we like we, we met on season two. And that's I think that's beautiful that we still the same people, but just like with a glow up and and more secure of who we are. Mm-hmm. And, and we're still what we do. So obviously we're like going down some right path. You're fucking killing it. I've never I'm so proud of you and I'm so Glad that you are um, conquering the world. Is there anything that you want to plug coming up for you? Well, I'm going to, you're going to see me, you all going to see me doing more stuff. Mm-hmm. My 2024 schedule is crazy again. <laughs> it's going to be a little bit easier. <laughs> uh, but yeah, all, all good things are happening. More TV, more music more interviews i wanna mm-hmm. you know i wanna touch more hearts and i wanna be i wanna keep my life being happy yeah i love that and i feel like this like was such a good like for you to help like with kids with mental health issues i think like that would give you such like fulfillment yeah that that's what i said like you don't need to have a terminal uh sickness yeah that's the- yeah, you don't have to have a disease or a sickness to have mental health issues. It, yeah, it's and and to inspire other people like to to fire to find themselves and don't forget that always going to be somebody there to mm-hmm. to love you and to listen to you and the best thing like RuPaul said, you better love yourself because if not how in the hell you're going to love somebody else. So love mm-hmm. yourself because at the end you just have yourself it's so true. You're such a, you're like a warm hug. Like I just look at you. Yeah, and yeah, I, one. A warm hug. Tell me to shut up Chanel, even though I feel like you've never even told me to shut up Chanel. <laughs> but, but I want to hear you tell me a couple times to shut up <laughs> Chanel and then we're done. Shut up, Chanel. Shut up, Chanel. Callate, Chanel. I love you so much. That was so much fun.